Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 47 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. Coming up on today's show, we are going to remember the late Al Youngster who passed away just within the last several days. We'll look back and talk about his legacy. Also, we'll have our news and notes, plus our Ask David segment as well as we are back after a week off, as always, we are presented by Whataburger. Don't forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served hot, and prepared just like you like it. Want jalapenos and cheese on that? No problem. They've got you covered. Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. David Starr joins us right now. David, appreciate the time as always. Thanks for joining us, man. This is always a special time of the year as uh, we're a couple weeks past Thanksgiving and uh, getting closer to Christmas, man. I uh, hope you're having a good holiday season with you and your loved ones. Man, I am. I love. I love Christmas. I love the meaning of it, and uh, I. I just, you know, I've been listening to Christmas music for about, you know, before Thanksgiving was even here, you know, and I love the Christmas music, and man, I love going to the mall. Uh, the Christmas lights. My house is lit up. Uh, my Christmas tree is shining bright, and it just, it's just a happy time of year, you know. So. Uh, Pretty awesome, man. How about you guys? What y'all up to? Man, just uh, grinding away, enjoying these the last few days of the year with some end-of-the-year stuff, but uh, it's all good on my end. Dominic Aragon of the RacingExperts.com is here as well. Dom, how about you? You're uh, fresh off a trip to uh, California, right? Yeah, Felice and I took off to California. We went to go see some of her friends out in the LA area. We spent some time out in Pasadena and had a nice little weekend to recharge the batteries. Went to Universal Studios, saw the LA Philharmonic. What, got to go to K1 speed, got to get some go-kart racing in, and hey, Felice had the fastest lap time, so some natural raw talent there. I'm going to have to pick up some lessons from her. I guess so. And, 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 and also telling us that. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? I, I am not afraid to, to admit defeat when, when it's warranted. Man, she had the fastest lap time over a second and a quarter, so like 1.4 seconds compared to my fastest lap time. So she's doing something right for somebody that hasn't raced that long. Tyler? Like, it sounds like she was hauling ass. Tyler, remind me not to let any, let Dominic drive anything we have. Oh, yeah. That's not happening. Yeah. So, yeah. so what you're saying is, Dave, the girls are whipping his tail. Shit. <laughs> well, and to be fair, she's 70 pounds lighter than me, so I'm sure Absolutely. she is too, of course. But, no, she she has some, some speed there. David, when we got out to the Texas high-performance driving school, I'm going to have to be a passenger, I think, in her car. She's going to have to show me how to get it done. There you go, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. <laughs> While you were out there, Dominic, I think this is worth bringing up, too. You uh, you checked out the L.A. Coliseum. I was out there back in October. They've done a terrific job remodeling that place. And I can't wait to February when we get this uh, clash there when they uh, turn it into a racetrack. Oh, absolutely. We got to walk the campus of it and didn't really get to go inside and see anything inside the stadium itself. But Nonetheless, a really cool venue. I just I can't believe it. We were out there, and it was 58 days till the NASCAR race, and we're much closer to that now, to that happening with the Clash. It's just cool to think there's going to be a NASCAR Cup Series-sanctioned exhibition race inside that stadium in February. So, Dominic, have they started building the racetrack inside? So, I wanted to get an inside look, and, and I tried to, to do Did it. Did you I see any not. construction comp, uh, equipment or anything anywhere? I mean, uh, you know, paving equipment or – 
I, I didn't see any of that. In fact, the day before we had gone, there was some sort of concert venue the night before. I think Kanye West was in concert. Somebody was out there and they were doing a lot of cleanup post-concert. So they maybe Post Malone and Kanye were doing something. But I mean, it was a big concert that was promoted during that Thursday <laughs> night. So, yeah, it was more cleanup, if anything. But I mean, it was just weird to think we were walking up towards the stadium. I was down with Elise. It's like, wow. Like, I wonder how they're going to have the cars in here. Where are the haulers going to park? Like, that's where my mind went. Like, the logistics, where everything's going to happen and who's going to park where and how it's all going to look laid out. And just to think yeah. this is going to be the NASCAR traveling circus here in two months. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't believe the, the haulers will be parking inside. You know what I mean? Maybe like outside the Coliseum. And, you and know what I mean? I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that for a fact. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong, but... You know, I mean, to have all those haulers in there, and there's not a whole lot of room inside, you know? The other thing, too, and I mentioned I was out there back in October. Guys, uh, there's no parking at the Coliseum. <laughs> I mean, I'm dead serious about this. You're, no, you're right. I, I can attest to that. For the average Joe Schmo, trying to find parking at that place is, is awful for any type of event. Now you got NASCAR coming into town and all the stuff that it requires to get the stuff in that facility and such. I mean, I'm excited about this. Don't get me wrong, but Dominic, this is going to be a mess. I, I think so. And like David, you're right. I mean, even without knowing all the details, I have heard that too, where the haulers are going to have to park on the outside. They're going to have to bring the cars in to the stadium. I'm not even sure how that's all going to work out. Maybe it's been announced already, but yeah, my mind was just racing with a bunch of questions. How's this place going to look in two months? Because it's going to be pretty cool, but definitely a lot of question marks. Well, I think NASCAR probably has it all figured out and planned out, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions and a short, you know, and it, we'll, we'll know a lot of the answers here short and sooner than later, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it's just exciting. I, I, uh, I just can't wait to, to watch this on television. It's going to be incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's going to be very intriguing to see how they pull this off. And uh, the L.A. Coliseum, they, they renovated it. It seats about 75,000 now, uh, comparatively speaking, years ago that uh, you know, it was about 100,000. So it's a bit smaller than it used to be, but it's much nicer and now a multi-purpose facility of sorts. They've hosted the Olympics there a couple times. That got me thinking along those same lines. David, what's – some of the coolest places you've ever raced at, maybe non-traditional places of sorts. What comes to mind of some of the, uh, the the coolest places you've gotten the chance to be a part of over the years? Uh, man, just, I mean, I mean, just, you know, racetracks we all know, Daytona, Talladega, Bristol, Martinsville. I mean, just all the cool racetracks. But, but you know, uh, I think one that pops in my mind is uh, that I didn't get to race very long uh, was Rockingham, you know, when the truck series went back to Rockingham. And I, I want to say, golly, I, I don't even know what year it was, seven, eight years ago, going to Rockingham, running a race there at the Rock. Uh, another one would be Nazareth, Nazareth. I can't even say it right. Uh, Nazareth. Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Nazareth, Pennsylvania. That racetrack was really unique. Uh, was a really cool, unique racetrack. Uh, and another cool racetrack, and uh, I don't even remember what they called it, but it was, uh, God, it was in uh, Kentucky, and it was just an oval. There was no straightaway, it was just a continuous oval. Uh, 
and uh, the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series ran there, and that was really unique, but nothing, nothing like uh, what's going to happen there in, at the LA Coliseum, that's for sure. You know, only thing I think that comes close to that is maybe Bristol, you know, maybe racing at the Bristol Motor Speedway, because that's a pretty, that's a, that's a, that's a heck of a stadium facility uh, racetrack. It's pretty awesome. I love Dominic when things are unconventional, you know what I mean? Like even Daytona, the fact that there's a lake, you know, in the backstretch or you go to Indianapolis, you know, of the course. most famous racetrack in the world and you got a golf course, you know, there, um, you know, we mentioned racing at the Coliseum. I mean, one day I, I would love to see NASCAR take to the streets, do a, a street Grand Prix event of some sorts. I mean, uh, when you start to open up the creative juices, the opportunities are endless. I, I agree with that. I mean, we even saw that last year with NASCAR painted up against the corner with the pandemic and two months out of racing. And, okay, how are we going to make up races? Running midweek races. That was something out of the box. Running the Daytona road course. For like that they run at the 24 hours of Daytona and running that for cup sanctioned races like they did in 2020. And this year, this past year, when there were still restrictions in California preventing the racing to happen at Fontana. I love it. I'm, I'm with you there, Tyler. There's some creative juices that flow. And sometimes your best work comes out when you're kind of painted up against the corner and you, your back's against the wall. And along those <laughs> same lines, you know, we got some news that the Nashville Fairgrounds where Racing went on several years ago. We saw SRX put on a good show there this past year. They're going to do some major renovation work, and then eventually it looks like they're on track to get cup racing. Uh, David, that's kind of like a new and old school thing. You know, we, we don't go to fairgrounds uh, for racing, but, uh, you know, we haven't in a long time, you know, been where, where a fair would be at. But here we are. You're going to have uh, the uh, – you know, NASCAR race right in the middle of the, the the Nashville Fairgrounds, that fair going on. I mean, kind of makes me think of, uh, you know, that OU and Texas football game that goes on at Cotton Bowl during the Texas State Fair each year. Yeah, no doubt about it, because I'm always there on that day at the fair. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, man. And uh, But the Nashville Fairgrounds, man, you talk about rich, rich racing history right there. Lots of racing history. Uh, you know, you think about I mean, Richard Petty, Bobby Allison, Buddy Baker, all of our, all of our superstars, of NAS, superstars of NASCAR have run there. Uh, they've had cup races there, NASCAR truck races there, Xfinity races, uh, just all types of good short track racing. But, man, you're talking about rich in history and uh, Sterling Marlin, uh, the late, great Bobby Hamilton uh, Sr., uh, man, the country singer that used to race in the late 60s, early 70s. Um, oh, Marty uh, Robbins? Marty Robbins. I mean, there's just so much racing history at the Nashville Fairgrounds. And to have them, and, and I know Sterling Marlin, I don't know, I think last year, raced super late models there, still been racing there. I know they, they have a uh, local race every weekend at Na the Nashville Fairgrounds, but what a it's an awesome facility and to see the city get behind it with nascar and going to renovate it and bring it up to standards of a cup type of a racetrack I, man i'm so excited and 
you know, 30 minutes from there is the Nashville Super Speedway, which is an awesome racetrack as well, you know. So uh, pretty cool to see them uh, uh, kind of bring some old school type racetrack and, and bring it to current school, you know what I mean? And um, that's pretty awesome. Uh, one of the things you had mentioned earlier, Tyler, was the Daytona National Speedway, you know, how unique it is to have a Lake Lloyd, have a lake in the middle of it, you know. And I guess I wanted to ask you guys, why was there a lake there? You know, I'm off the top of my head. I'm not sure on the history on it. I know it's not that deep. Tyler, if I understand correctly, it's maybe eight or nine feet deep. It's not that deep at all, but it is a very unique feature to the Daytona International Speedway. So Lake Lloyd, uh, <laughs> a couple years ago, I was at the Daytona 500 and, uh, Marty Smith and Ryan McGee of ESPN, they were doing their uh, ESPN radio show on a boat on the lake. It was one of the best radio setups I've ever seen. Uh, but uh, as far as uh, Lake Lloyd goes, uh, you know, some quick Google searching of sorts here. Um, <laughs> lake Lloyd is a 29-acre man-made lake that has existed since the track opened in uh, 1959, and uh, it's hosted everything from fishing tournaments to triathlons. Um, the Speedway needed needed lots of dirt to create the banking in the corners, and so uh, I've read this story for years since I was a teenager. Uh, and it's been a while, but instead of bringing in dirt, buying dirt from elsewhere, uh, they built a lake inside the speedway and the dirt they dug the hole for the lake is the dirt that they have your, your, your banking in the corners. And that's why Lake Lloyd was uh, made because they dug out the dirt to build the, the, the banking in, in, at the Daytona National Speedway. Pretty, pretty cool, man. Oh, absolutely. David, you're, you're making us – what's the word I'm looking for? It's like school's in session. You're the professor. No, 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 no. Stuff. It's just, it's just <laughs> you know, like racing, racing history, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. you know, if, if you do a quick search, what's really wild is looking at some of these photos back in the day of some cars that ended up in the lake. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I always thought that was very interesting, you know what I mean? It was uh, – Intriguing to me to see a, a race car in Lake Lloyd, you know, and, uh, you know, the way it's configured and, and, and over the years has developed, uh, you know, and banking uh, uh, embankments and, uh, you know, I don't think it's possible today, but early years, there were lots of race cars that ended up in Lake Lloyd, which I, th which I thought was interesting, you know what I mean? Man, I wouldn't wish that on anybody, though, right now. No, you know? no not, not at all. But, man, yeah, not at all. Yeah. I mean, you got these, uh, you know, hundreds of thousand-dollar cars. You know, if you end up in Lake Lloyd, you know, that might be – might not end too well these days. That could uh, be a problem. Yeah. Could be. David, uh, some sad news in the racing world. Uh, Al Unser uh, passing away. Uh, you knew Al. Tell us uh, what comes to mind when you think about Al. Well, man, I didn't know Al that well, but I can assure you that I was a big fan of his and the Unter family. God, such an awesome racing family. Uh, I've read all about Al Unter. 
Uh, I've watched him race Indy cars ever since I can remember. I mean, when I was as a kid working at my dad's automotive shop and being in his transmission room and that, you know, the television would be on and watching time trials there at the Indianapolis 500, Al Unser, man, he was he was one of the all-time greats and, and one of four men that have won the Indianapolis 500 uh, four times, you know, and uh, man, this is uh, what he's done in his career is amazing. And I really thought it was sad. Uh, and I don't remember if it's been a year or not been a year to, to lose Bobby Unser, his brother. And then, you know, you fast forward, I guess, a year, six months, however, however, however long it's been since we lost Bobby Unser and then to lose Al Unser. It just was just sad, man, because ever since I've been a little boy, I've read about the Unser family. I've watched them on television, read about them, and man, they are they're iconic in the in the motorsports world in the United States of America, man. It's just, um, and then years later, getting to getting to know and be friends with Al Unser Jr. Uh, you know, my heart's you know, man, he's, that's, that's tough on the whole family. Uh, but man, what a, what a great racing family. I know Dominic is from that part of the country, uh, New Mexico, Albuquerque, and uh, I've never had the honor to go over to their museum. And man, I hope one of these days I, I get that, I, I get to do that. I think that would be really cool, but just it's kind of sad that Bobby Unser and Al Unser aren't with us anymore because man I, ever since I was can remember I mean because I was three four years old loving all forms of auto racing the Unser family Foyt family would always been there man and it's just it was sad and I was very saddened to hear the passing of Al Unser. Dominic uh we'll get to you in just a second but I, I want to run down the resume of uh, Al Unser here 1970 USAC national champion 1978 Triple Crown of Ovals IndyCar champion, uh, two-time PPG IndyCar World Series champion, and a four-time Indianapolis 500 champion, uh, along with 39 career wins in Champ Car. Uh, Dominic, uh, just terrific, the, uh, the job, the career that Al Unser had. And, and uh, I'm curious, uh, with that museum there in Albuquerque and such, what does he mean – the Unser family mean to the people of New Mexico? Well, I, I, I've been very candid with you guys, too. New Mexico, when you think of New Mexico, we don't have a motorsport scene, right? We're not really known for motorsports. We're not known for a lot of drivers coming from this part of the country. Even when you look at professional sports, we don't have any major professional sports. We, we do have a soccer team in Albuquerque, but outside of that, no NBA, no NFL, Major League Baseball. So even the UNM athletics kind of take priority but when motorsports does get associated with new mexico it's synonymous with the unser family al unser al unser jr al unser the third bobby unser all the unsers and that the the racing museum out there in albuquerque new mexico one hour away from my hometown it's very very cool and they even have a street named after the unsers on the west side of albuquerque but that museum so awesome there's race cars on the outside there's a bunch of flags you can tell it's like a racer's paradise when you pull up to the campus of the Unser Racing Museum and you go inside and there's fire suits. There's 
merchandise, there's memorabilia, there's even an IndyCar racing simulator at last check when I was there a few years ago. So there's so much. And David Swope, who's a, a big friend of the show and who's filled in on Let's Go Racing before, had a really good personal relationship with the answers. So yeah, it's it's really cool to see that even though our part of the country, our state in, in particular, really hasn't had a lot of motorsports connections, we do have the answer family. And that is something that I've been asked about when we've been at NASCAR tracks or NASCAR venues, oh yeah, the answers are from Albuquerque. You'd be correct. So it's cool that we have that connection and it's cool that we have such racing royalty from our own backyard. And it, it's definitely very sad that Al is no longer with us. Well, in the, in the Unser family, I mean, with Al being right there and Bobby and company, I mean, we think about, you know, when it comes to the families of NASCAR, David, the pet or of motorsports, you know, the, the petties, the, Andretti's, the Earnhardt's, the Labonis, the Bushes, uh, the Unser's are just right up there among the best of the best of those that uh, carried on the uh, legacy of, of motorsports of where it is today. Oh man, uh, no doubt about it. I, I uh, no doubt to have two brothers uh, who uh, who are just you know on top of their game in IndyCar racing, Bobby and. And Al, they were brothers, but you like, like, you know, like any brother combination, Kyle Bush, Kurt Bush, fierce competitors, but a close-knit family, you know. And, and uh, I just feel bad for, for Robbie Unser and, and Al Unser Jr. And, and just their whole family, you know. I, I, I don't know them personally. I know Al Unser Jr., but, you know, I, I feel like Bobby and, and Al Unser were the rock of that, that iconic, legendary racing family, you know. And, and it's just kind of sad that, that as time passes by, uh, that you, you lose some of our superstars of our industry, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's just sad. But, uh, but man, they, they, uh, they, uh, they did it right. That was for sure to... You know, I think Bobby Unser won four, uh, three Indianapolis, Indianapolis 500s, and and then Al being one of four men ever to win the Indianapolis 500 four times. Man, it's just it doesn't get much bigger than that, right there. You know, but uh, but very sad day to learn about his passing, and uh, and uh, it's kind of um, you know when I watch IndyCar racing and. When there's not a Foyt in the race or an Andretti or an Unser, <laughs> something's wrong with that. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like watching a NASCAR race and not having an Earnhardt or a Petty or, Elliot. you know, in, in the race. You know what I mean? It's kind of just weird, you know? So, well, maybe. then, uh, Dominic, uh, with Unser, not only did he have a, such a great IndyCar career, 1978 IROC champion. <laughs> Also competed in the 1968 Daytona 500, as well as four other Winston Cup and Grand National races, mm -hmm. all held on road courses, and he had a best finish of fourth twice. So this was a guy that was just a wheel man. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm curious if any of the viewers might know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's only been two New Mexicans that have gotten a race in the Daytona 500, that being Al Unser and Al Unser Jr. So that's quite the racing royalty there, even on the NASCAR side. And you're right. I mean, the NASCAR stats weren't impressive. I mean, you know, no, let me take that back. They're very impressive because there were only five starts and he had three top 10 finishes. Could have probably done a lot more had he made the transition to stock car racing and ran a lot more of the road course races over the years. But for, for only five races and three top 10 finishes, 
not bad for Al Unser and it would have been cool to see him run some more in the cup series or the grand national series back in the day. But yeah, what a great racing resume. You can go on and on about the accomplishments of Al Unser and his contributions to motorsports. Yeah, uh, you certainly can. Uh, David, anything else on, on Al before we move on? Uh, I mean, he, he got to run for, for Roger Penske and be a part of that organization. I mean, uh, I mean, just a historic career for Al Unser and, and uh, I know that we didn't know him on a personal level, but all signs point to that he was just a good person, too. Man, I love hearing, uh, you know, I remember it's been years back, but Bobby Unser, his brother, uh, did a lot of commentating, you know, and, and I love hearing that voice, man. They had a, uh, a certain, uh, uh, what do you want to call it? You know, their accent was pretty awesome, but, man, the Unser's, uh, when they spoke – Pretty much everybody listened, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, uh, you know, it was really cool to, to watch them as, as a kid growing up and uh, to, to just to be, they've, they've just been involved in all forms of auto racing. And uh, I didn't know much about the Pikes Peak climb in, 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 uh, in Colorado, you know, and years, years later, I heard about the Pikes Peak and the answers, they were, they were just, you know, fierce competitors on this mountain. They're racing to the top of this mountain or, or, or maybe even down the mountain. And, uh, man, one wrong move and that's it. It's over, you know. And, uh, and man, they had uh, plenty of successes there. But, uh, but man, what a, what a cool, cool racing family. And, and it was an honor to, and to be able to watch them as a kid growing up and wanting to be like them. And it was just, it was neat, man. Andretti's, Foyt, Unser. I mean, it's just a, a name that's been around ever since I can remember. And uh, just sad. It's just, it's always sad, man. It's, um, you know, it's, um, I, I wish we could all live forever. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's no doubt about it. We'll get to our news and notes segment in just a moment. Just a reminder that the folks at Whataburger cook up 100% pure beef burgers 24 hours a day. You can get your burger fixed any time, day or night at Whataburger. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. Dominic, uh, some big changes in the NASCAR Cup Series. Some new teams, new drivers being announced. Let's go ahead and uh, run through those. Uh, the first of those involving uh, probably the biggest name in the sport. The biggest name in the sport, Richard Petty Motorsports, right? GMS Racing acquiring most of the team. It's going to be rebranded as Petty GMS Racing. That was announced last week, December 7th, the NASCAR Hall of Fame. So the team's going to be fielding two cars in 2022 with Eric Jones maintaining the 43 ride and Ty Dillon coming back to the Cup Series in a full-time effort, his first full-time Cup Series ride since 2020 in the 42 car. David, I got to say, it's really cool to see the 43 and the 42 reassociating the Cup Series with the name Petty. Man, no no doubt about it. I don't, I don't know how far back y'all remember, but, man, you know, being growing up, being such a big Richard Petty fan, you know, how could you not be? And uh, and then when Kyle, Kyle was, when he started his career on the Cup side and running the number 42 number, and I just, I remember watching on ESPN, Kyle Petty and, and, you know, the famous uh, red and blue STP car and, and having racing against his father, Richard the King. Uh, but, man, that, that was just always cool. And, and you know, and then 
Kyle Petty moving on to uh, some Sabco, Sabco racing and carrying the 42 number with him. And I don't know, it's kind of cool to see the 42 number come back uh, to be out on the Cup Series again and, uh, and to be teammates with the 43 number. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy for the Petties. Um, over the years with the, uh, with the extreme cost of our industry, our sport, especially at the elite level of the NASCAR Cup Series, and especially with this new car that will, will as we'll all know, as a, a next-gen car, uh, you know, it's just, man, you, we've seen some big names come in our sport, Michael Jordan, Pitbull, uh, and to have Gallagher uh, GMS, Petty GMS Racing formed, and and I don't even know the, Mr. Gallagher's first name, but I know that uh, the Gallagher family owns Allegiant Airline Airlines, and uh, Allegiant Airlines is the uh, title sponsor of the new stadium there in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's some you know there's some heavy hitters there. You know, strong strong uh, players there and to see them uh, partner up buy out the controlling interest of Petty Richard Petty Motorsports it's it's cool to see that maybe we'll see that 43 car back into victory lane sometime soon and even before this buyout Eric Jones was doing a heck of a job you know and that uh, Richard Petty Motorsports car and then and then to see uh um, uh, the, the, uh, Hi, Dylan. the Dylan, Dylan kid get an opportunity uh, uh, with GMS and now Petty GMS. I, I see big things from this team in 2022. So I just think it's cool. And being a big Richard Petty fan, it's cool to see him align with some heavy hitters and maybe put that 43 car back into victory lane one day. Yeah, I'm excited about it, guys. I mean, uh, you know, GMS – has done really well at the truck series level. And Richard Petty, he said, look, their truck team has more resources than our cup team does. Um, I mean, there is. Is that what he said? He said that, yes. Um, This is going to be a major upgrade for that program to see some money, some dollars invested. And I've been a big fan of Eric Jones for a long time. I think that in the right situation, he could compete for championships. Um, Ty Dillon, I think, in the right situation, can compete for a playoff spot and be a playoff caliber driver. Um, have these guys get an opportunity with a team that's willing to actually throw money out there. Um, I'm excited for these guys. This is the restart to the career that both these drivers needed and that uh, Richard Petty and company needed. Uh, to me, it's it's a win-win, Dominic. Absolutely. And, and they're only going to get better. We know the landscape of the Cup Series has changed since the 1990s. You have to have multi-car organizations. You, you have those teammates and the resources to rely on. I think you're right, Tyler. Eric Jones is staying with that team because he sees potential. And he's only going to get better. And we know Eric Jones is a willman. He won a Truck Series title. Arguably could have won the 2016 Xfinity Series title, barring a, a restart. So I don't think Eric Alex Bowman – here's an example for you. Alex Bowman, who had a great year with Hendrick this year, four wins. I think Eric Jones is just as talented as Alex, Alex oh, Bowman. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You it put him in the right situation, uh, maybe even Eric would have won more races than Alex did last year at Hendrick. 
Oh, 100%. I mean, when you're sought after by Kyle Busch to to run in a truck because you beat him at the Snowball Derby, you're you're clearly doing something right. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy for Eric Jones and and uh watch out. I mean, that team uh you know, for David the last several years, this has been the Cup Series has been a four-team sport. It's been Stuart Oss, Hendrick, Penske, and Gibbs. Now we see Colleg get a win last year. 23-11 got a win last year. Um, you know, front row got a win in the Daytona 500 last year. We're seeing, you know, Petty GMS is coming along here. Uh Watch out. I mean, we're finally going to see the parity that the sport has been needing for a long time. Yeah, I think um, what little I know about the new gen. Uh, uh, gen uh, next gen. Next gen, yeah. Uh, next gen uh, race car. Uh, it's really going to bring the competition together because all the parts and pieces, everybody will have the same spindles. Uh, all the parts and pieces you got to buy from the same company. Uh, it's really going to bring the competition real close. And uh, I think we're going to see a lots of different winners. Surprising, you know, some of those teams you just named off, Tyler, that we saw in Victory Lane in 2000 this year, 2021. I think we're going to see even more uh, uh, winners in 2022 with this uh, next-gen race car. Yeah, I think so. One of those teams that – was able to pick up a win for the first time in 2021. They weren't even a full-time team. Now they're a full-time team with two charters is a colleague racing. And uh, they announced some big news uh, this week, Dominic. Absolutely. Colleague racing announced on December 14th, they are going to have their all-star car, the number 16 filled by three drivers in 2022. AJ Allmendinger will be back for select races alongside Daniel Hemmerich and Noah Gregson. Almondinger raced in the Cup Series full-time for a long time before scaling it to the Xfinity Series. Hemrick ran as recent as 2019 in the Cup Series. He's got two career top 10s in the series. Noah Gregson has yet to make a Cup Series start, but we know he's going to be attempting the Daytona 500 for the second straight year with Beard Motorsports, and then after that, have these select races at Collie. Now, I'll say this, David. You know, all three of those guys, very talented, some of the best guys in the Xfinity Series. I'm glad for them they're all getting an opportunity to run Cup races. But... You look at it, A.J. Allmendinger won at Indy last year in the cup level. Um, to me, I look at it, it's a missed opportunity. I would have loved to have seen A.J. be in that ride full-time all year, potentially take Colleague to the playoff. He's got the capabilities to do it. You know, it's interesting. You, uh, you brought up a good point there. Uh, was uh, How successful A.J. was uh, in, in, in Xfinity Series this year. Uh, you look at all his wins. And you look at his wins in the Cup Series, uh, you know, you would have thought he would have been a shoe-in, the guy that would have taken Colleague to, to Cup racing as our first Cup driver. And it's surprising that he, he it wasn't him that was announced. It was uh, Justin, Justin Haley. And uh, so it was kind of interesting. But, uh, but man, anytime you put A.J. Amendinger in any Xfinity Cup car, He's got a shot of uh, of uh, going to victory lane, no doubt about it. Uh, Dominic, what do you make of the move? Uh, do you think Colleague went the right direction? Go Jason, do uh, Haley full time, and then split up the other three in the other car. 
I think they're doing the right move there with Haley, in my opinion. And and I, and I wonder, too, maybe A.J. Allmendinger is content in the Xfinity Series right now. He's, he ran in the Cup Series full-time from 2007 to 2016, or 2017, actually. So maybe he is content running the Xfinity Series schedule. Maybe we could see him get back to the Cup Series full-time someday. But let's say that is the scenario, and A.J. didn't want to run full-time in the Cup Series. I think the, the different drivers they have in there – we're going to, have to see what they're going to get to do. And Noah Gregson gets a, a chance to show off in the Cup Series and see how good he is in Cup equipment. Daniel Hemmer kind of gets that revival second chance of some sorts in NASCAR's Elite Series, too. We all know these guys want to be there at some point. What a better opportunity than how colleagues call it the all-star car, the 16. Yeah. Um, David, I mean, for these three drivers, um, I can't imagine that beyond this year, that's just a part-time car, you know, different drivers. For these three, it's not it's it's an audition to see who gets that ride full time potentially next year. Absolutely, man. You you uh man, you hit it right on the on the you hit the hammer right on the nail, man. You uh you nailed it on that one. It is a an opportunity. I mean, you you're gonna have great equipment, colleague. I mean, they only do it the the, the right way and and they only do it one way, and that's the best of everything. And uh, you're gonna have some really great equipment there with some good uh, funding backing behind it. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw uh, one of these three drivers uh, pull that number 16 Cali car into victory lane on the cup side, you know, and, uh, you know, and they are auditioning, you know, whoever can win the most races or a race, I'm sure uh, they're looking into their future, you know what I mean? And what an opportunity that that's presented to them to, to be able to, uh, go after that win and try to, to try to be that driver for the future for that team. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right about that. And uh, that will do it for our uh, news and notes this week. We'll get to our Ask David segment in just a moment. But before we do that, a reminder, this program is always presented by Whataburger. Stop by Whataburger for a hot, hot breakfast any morning or late at night. They're serving a breakfast from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. What a burger. David, our first question in the inbox, it comes from Lucy. Lucy wants to know, David, what's the best Christmas present you've ever received? Oh, man, God, there's been so many. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, as a kid, I mean, I, man, just, man, you know, I don't know if I can tell you the best present. But I could just tell you as a kid growing up and waking up Christmas morning uh, after going to midnight mass with my mom and dad and my brothers, Johnny and Jimmy, and waking up Christmas morning and just couldn't. We'd sleep with my mom and dad. There'd be, there'd be three boys and my mom and dad in bed. And, and uh, man, couldn't wait to see what Santa Claus brought us. You know, one of the biggest things that, I, that I've always loved uh, receiving uh, from Santa Claus was a was a three-wheeler, you know, I thought, man, I'd make a, we lived in a cul-de-sac, and man, I'd, I'd make a racetrack out in the cul-de-sac with that, with that hot, with that three-wheeler, and it was just, it, we called them big wheels back then, it was pretty awesome, but uh, man, there's been so many, uh, so many uh, presents, winning my first NASCAR race, making it to NASCAR, uh, man, when you made it to NASCAR, and then the season over with, and the Christmas time, I'm like, man, Christmas came already came for me, you know what I mean. But uh, but man, I'm more of a uh, giver than a receiver. 
I, I love the meaning of what Christmas stands for, what it's all about. I love the beauty of the kids uh, receiving toys from Santa Claus. I just, it's, it's awesome to, but to say, can't remember the best gift ever. I'm, I mean, I'm just, I just, I just love it. They all been wonderful and Christmas is just special to the star family. What about, about you guys, man? That's a great, great question for y'all. You know what I mean? Yeah. How about you, Dalek? Man, kind of the same day. There's a lot that come to mind. I think right at the family time and the, the Christmas Eve traditions of going with our family to mass and going to my grandparents after and we eat pozole and tamales and, and New, Me New Mexico biscochito cookies and we're drinking coffee and then we're gathering the next day for presents and just great family time. So that stuff always sticks out to me. I think one of the more memorable ones, I don't know if it was a favorite one, but as a four-year-old getting a PlayStation, getting the Sony PlayStation, my brother and I, we got that for Christmas one year and all, we got all these cool games, Toy Story, Bugs Life, Hot Wheels Racing. And in one of those games, NASCAR 99. That's what got me hooked on NASCAR. <laughs> so I have to say that's probably the most memorable one because I'm not sure. Had, had I not gotten that game, I don't even know if I'd be here right now. <laughs> we about talked you, about Alex? that before. You and I uh, were uh, very much inspired at a young age from the NASCAR video games. Uh, I, I got to say, uh, you know, for me, uh, my favorite probably was uh, my drum set I got in like sixth grade. Uh, I got a, uh, you know, drum set that, you know, we, we had in the living room and, uh, you know, I'd be banging on those drums and playing loud music and such. And, and, and I don't know if you guys knew this, but, you know, I, I'm, oh, I know Dominic knows this. I, I, I'm a drummer, you know, and so in my downtime every once in a while, you know, get on that drum set. I play guitar and piano too, and I sing as well, but there's nothing to me like playing the drums, just kind of let it fly and go wild. So that was probably my favorite that comes to mind is when I got my drum set, David. Man, Tyler, I knew you as a baller, but I never knew you as a drummer, man. That's amazing, dude. You got go ahead and tell us all your other, uh, you know, secret talents you have. You know what I mean, man? That's pretty awesome, man. I think every little boy's dreams to grow up, and be able to play electric guitar, or be a drummer, or some sort. That's that's pretty awesome, man. Man, uh, you know the, the the ladies they dig the athletes and the musicians. It had to be one or the other. <laughs> There you go, man. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Oh. That's a great question right there, man. That was awesome. Yeah. Let's uh, get to another question. Uh, this, uh, this one's from uh, Tony. Uh, Tony wants to know, David, what is your favorite memory with your kids this year? Oh, man. That's uh... – there's been a lot of them, but uh, ones that come to mind, uh, DJ, my 12-year-old son, uh, going, you know, making the A team as a seventh grader. You know, they got A, B, and C teams because they got a lot of athletes. And uh, him coming home and me getting home and him, Dad, I made the A team. I'm like, dude, that's awesome, you know. And, and uh, going to his first game and watching him score two touchdowns as a running back was pretty uh, – Pretty exciting moments for uh, for for dad here, and then uh, heck, it was just a couple of weeks ago taking my uh, my youngest boy Vance uh, to Cam Raceway and watching him get in his little sprint car go kart, and man, he uh, you know he been he's been chomping at a bit at you know he's been waiting on dad to take him racing, and I've been so busy 
that we finally got to go to the dirt track and just practice and test. And man, he was pretty much wide open from the start, man. I was so nervous and, uh, and uh, those were pretty special. There are a lot of special moments, but those two uh, ring out, uh, you know, when, when you ask the question that really come to mind. Dominic, uh, we don't have kids, but uh, you're around your uh, your nephews and uh, uh, that bunch uh, quite a bit, aren't you? Yeah, I have a, an 11 year old cousin. He's my first cousin, and sometimes people think he's even my son when we go out and go do stuff in public. Oh, is is that your son? No, Anthony's my cousin. So, hey, Anthony, I know you're listening. So, yeah, buddy, uh, appreciate you listening in. And yeah, I, we've had a lot of good memories. I think you know this year. You know, you know, this is last year, but we had a lot of fun over the pandemic. My brother came back to town and we spent a lot of great quality family time just as the pandemic was rolling through. And over the summer last year, we got to go to the park a lot. We really got to teach him how, how to throw a football, how to catch a football, how to run, how to hold it, all the dynamics of playing football. So that has to go down as one of the best memories. We didn't get to do that too much this year, but a lot of fun to, to teach kids how to play football and in sports and I got him a go-kart a few years ago and like being able to see him wheel that and learn how to use the gas and the brakes. Definitely some proud moments with that. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've gotten to know, uh, David's kids too. You know, we, we took her out to the uh, go-kart track a couple of times. And we're doing that again, I believe in two weeks. Okay. We'll, yeah, we'll get so David I, out there too. I, I know y'all did. One time I, I gave DJ my credit card. <laughs> I tried to use it the next day. It was maxed out. <laughs> oh no. Well then, yeah. But man, well, they uh, they love going to the go kart track with you guys, man. That, that was uh, they, they uh, they're pretty proud of those moments, and they talk about it a lot. Yeah. We'll, so, see if we'll, we'll have to make some more of those memories in two weeks, but I think we're going to be talking a different story. I think we're going to be hearing about how Felice beat all of us on the go kart track. There, yeah. there you go, man. There you go. Uh, we'll, we'll see how she does against David. You know, take David down. You know. <laughs> I don't want. I'll, I'll just play my go kart. Run. I can't have her embarrass me. You know. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, guys, uh, that will do it for uh, this week here on uh, Let's Go Racing. Uh, in a couple weeks, we're actually going to do a live show. We'll be together in uh, in Dallas uh, just right after Christmas, and that will be our Christmas special of some sorts. It'll be me, David, Dominic. Uh, I think Kim's going to join us. We'll have a great time. Uh, that'll be coming up uh, here in a couple weeks from the uh, Star House and everything. So. Uh, what better way to spend the uh, holidays uh, for David than uh, having two of his favorite friends you know, in, his, in his household? Um, so we'll be looking forward to that. And uh, as always, subscribe to Let's Go Racing with David Starr. New episodes out each and every Wednesday on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. Also on YouTube, uh, hit that like button. We certainly would appreciate it. Find us on Facebook, David Starr Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast. And by email, starpodcast at gmail.com is where you can find us there. A part of the Studio Soapbox Network with uh, new shows out every day of the week, including my show, The Jones Report, and others. Uh, check those out uh, wherever you find podcasts. Dominic, before we go, what's going on with uh, you the next couple of days, man? Yeah, so just spending some time here in Grants, New Mexico. I'll be heading up to Santa Fe here in a few days to go spend time with their Felice and just looking forward to some great family and friend time and covering the NASCAR news and notes as they pop up throughout the week. Myself, Jonathan Field, keep the team going with the racing efforts. David, how about you? 
Man, just got back from Washington, D.C. yesterday, last night, and uh, busy day catching up on other stuff, just, you know, working on uh, working on 2022 and uh, visiting with sponsors. I'll be uh, getting on an airplane uh, Friday morning, headed up to uh, uh, Reading, Pennsylvania, to visit with uh, Missy and, and, and Rich Fix uh, with our alarm tech system company. Man, what a great family. Uh, then I'll get back Sunday night to my family and uh, still has some shopping to do and, and uh, uh, going to catch a, uh, the, the, uh, uh, a, a really Broadway play uh, next week. Just Christmas is here, man. It's upon us and uh, just taking it all in, trying to take care of some NASCAR business be, uh, beforehand. Uh, tomorrow I'm working on some racing school stuff. Uh, so, uh, but man, it's, it's, it's going to be a busy week and, uh, and man, I'm just looking forward to looking forward to Christmas. I'm excited and happy and uh, a lot of great things are happening. I love it. Sounds fun. Look forward to it. And, uh, we'll see you guys in person here in a couple of weeks. We'll put the checkered flag out on this episode for David Starr, Dollar Gargana, Tyler Jones. It's been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next time.